right, and we're live. Hello, everyone, in the live reality games world. I am Nate, bringing you an episode recap of Survivor U Friend or Foe Season 3, Episode 1. And with me today, I have Jack from Survivor Syracuse. How are you doing, Jack? Good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm a big College Survivor fan. I've been watching College Survivor for probably four years now, and I love Survivor LU, so I'm pumped to be on. Yeah, there's a lot of Survivor content out there. If you're ever hurting for Survivor seasons, College Survivor, all over YouTube. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, so we'll just jump into the first episode. So we had the premiere last Saturday, 7 p.m., um, and we opened up with dividing them into tribes, per usual, two tribes of eight people. Um, what were your first thoughts on the tribe breakdown? Because I know this was our first season that we interviewed people online completely due to COVID. So we had to very much separate them based on their interviews, not so much like appearance, like who we thought would be taller or shorter or anything like that. So as it turned out first day, one tribe looks clearly a little bit more athletic than the other tribe, right. but in the challenge that didn't seem to make much of a difference. Yeah. So that probably had to be a lot more difficult um, doing everything online virtually, but I, I thought the tribe breakdowns were, you know, they had four girls, four guys on each tribe. And I, I thought from the get go, there were people that stood out, you know, people that wanted to stay in the back a little bit, but I, from the looks of everything, I thought the first challenge was, was, you know, pretty, pretty in, indicative of what everything looked like until, you know, it started. Yeah. Yeah. So basically first challenge is basically what we ask people when we interview them. It's partial running part puzzle. And this time we did not because typically that's the in-between for people who don't feel comfortable doing a puzzle or doing the athletic portion. Um, so what did you think of the challenge? Pretty straightforward. Yeah, but you have three different aspects of it. You have a speed, get it as fast as you well, everything was get it done as fast as you can, but you know, you had a speed portion with running, which, you know, some people aren't just aren't aren't fit to be runners. So if you can get your quickest guys out there, then you could really separate, which there clearly was a separation, but um there's a lot of strategy with with you know the people you put aside for the puzzles and there's a lot of thinking that goes in that so i thought you really had to divide your tribe up perfectly to make sure this challenge went smooth especially the first challenge is a lot of pressure yeah so oftentimes like especially volunteering for like a physical portion might be a little scary because you're putting yourself out there to be like kind of a physical threat day one but at the same time, if you mess up the puzzle, that can be like your doom in the game. Yes. So it can be very difficult to decide what you're going to volunteer for. Maybe the not untying might be the safest bet, but it seemed that people were getting a little stressed out in this first episode just doing the not part of the um, challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically we had... Um, Cassandra and Dave on the puzzle, solving it for Feely. And we had Luke and um, Sarah doing it for Soa. And I think initially when we saw Dave and Cassandra were doing the puzzle, it seemed like it might be more their speed than anyone else's. But they didn't pull out the win. Ultimately, Luke and Sarah were the ones that were able to solve the word puzzle. What do you think of this ending result for the challenge? Yeah. I mean, you could see right away that Cassandra and Dave had quite a lead to work with. and. Like you said, there's a lot of pressure on being the puzzle solver and 
like in the real show, the the puzzle solver that loses is usually a scapegoat for a lot of votes if people can't make up their mind. So I was I was honestly shocked that um, Luke and Sarah pulled it out. I think I think that they were more open to changing words quicker. Um, you you saw Cassandra and Dave were stuck on friend for a while as their first mm-hmm. word, and I think that kind of made them made them suffer and they lost the lead quickly but yeah i was shocked at the result yeah so we had an opening twist where after the first challenge each tribe had to vote someone out they didn't know what was going to happen when this person was voted out they could have potentially swapped to the other tribe in this case they were exiled um how comfortable would you feel i mean half of these players have voted for themselves now granted you could get maybe an advantage but putting yourself in that weird position day one, would you be the kind of person to want to be voted out of your tribe day one, or would you play it safe and try to vote for someone else? That's a really tough question because just correct me if I'm wrong. They had no idea that it was going to be an exile Island. Right. So Mm -hmm. you could, that could really be anything if you're voting for one person. I think seeing that some people voted for themselves and some people actually voted for, somebody they voted for somebody else i think that you know could get you in the good graces of some people but i personally would not be comfortable at all being isolated from my tribe for an entire week because you know the first the first month of the game if you're lucky enough to stay in it's all about you know building personal relationships and getting friendships and building trust and missing out on a week of that and being alone away from the other seven you're putting yourself at a really big disadvantage if your tribe loses back-to-back weeks yeah and the interesting thing is all the guys basically on both tribes were the ones <laughs> like it's the honorable thing to yes. vote for yourself and all the girls have no problem voting for the guys in this situation yeah um, i mean nori right away was like i thought i i really respected the honor code and he crumbled up his paper i mean i wouldn't have done that i would have i've I'm a straightforward person. I would have put somebody's name down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, again, I would have been a person to vote for someone else. I don't care day one. You vote for someone who you're not intimidated by and you put them at risk. Um, We see in Nori's case, though, it kind of works out because it completely keeps him safe for week one, putting him on exile. But at the same time, like you said, he doesn't have the opportunity to bond with people in like a critical time in the game. Um. And on the other side, you know, Charlie's just kind of missing out for the sake of missing out. He's not really safe from anything, per se. He's just not in the game for first week. Um, Let's see. So we start moving into the week where the tribe is starting to get a little bit more comfortable with each other. Um, We see on the Soa tribe, they had like a tribe dinner. Um, First night, obviously, Charlie couldn't be there because he was exiled. Jordan didn't go. Do you think that puts them in a bad position moving forward because they didn't immediately go for the first chance they had to bond with their tribe? Unfortunately, I think that's the case most of the time. You know, the first thing that everybody does together is is something that can be looked at as, well, he or she didn't go. They really don't care about the game as much as we do. But in this instance, they tried making a strong six and and – planning to vote out Jordan or Charlie right away next week. Um, definitely not what I expected, but that, that kind of talk goes on as soon as there's a, a clear disadvantage. And they, they pulled that off right away. 
Yeah, and on the Feely side of things, we didn't see a tribe dinner with them, but we did see that Leo was kind of a little annoyed right off the bat from being a lot older than most of her tribe mates. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how well she can kind of get along with them as we yeah. go on. Um, who do you see being more comfortable on the Feely side, um, given the first week? So right away, I think, you know, the, the big, the biggest personality, the person I thought had was the most comfortable with their tribe was Meredith. I thought, I thought Meredith was very, um, very composed. She was dead set on what she wanted to do. And she seems like a very personable girl, very likable. And, People gravitate to that. You can in the Survivor anybody, if they can find one thing to gravitate, they'll do it. And and I think her personality really shined. And that's that's who I would I'd pick as somebody who I wouldn't say control, but they should definitely they should definitely feel comfortable in what they did. Yeah. So we also saw pretty early in the week, Michael, Julia, and Cassandra kind of formed a quick alliance. And right yep. away, they kind of didn't exactly agree on whose name they were going to put out because Michael threw out Dave's name, Cassandra threw out Leah's name, um, Julia threw out, who did she throw out? She threw out Jacob's name. So like they were all throwing out different names and this is going to kind of feed into the chaos for the week one. Um, what did you think of this alliance? Well, I got to give it to Michael. He he picked he picked out these these two girls that he had he in, interested in aligning with and he went for it and from the look and from what i saw it looked like a, a pretty successful meeting aside from the indecisiveness of all of them it seemed like everybody you know but meredith was really nervous to put a name out there because you know each time they said something they said you know not against the rest of the tribe not against everybody else i love everyone which that never works out but I, I I think it was really successful. I, I like the three of them together. I think they all bring something different to the table. You know, in some seasons, you see all the guys combining together, making alliance. In some seasons, you see all the girls, you know, coming together. And I like seeing the dynamic of the, the guy that was pinned quickly by everybody as the ultra-competitive alpha male on his tribe with, you know, two girls that really don't seem like they're, you know, they're on the same level as him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Some people are more cautious throwing out names week one because it can be like a big target on your back if it comes back to bite you. Absolutely. Um, but everyone seems pretty comfortable throwing out names week one on the Feely tribe. Um, so we did see that. Well, for those of you who aren't familiar with Liberty's campus, they got together partially because they all lived in like similar dorm on okay. campus so all in the same sections of proximity kind of played a part there in their alliance um but dave also lived in the same area and he was not involved in that three-person meeting although they did kind of mention potentially bringing him in um but we do see feely is kind of being led by michael at the very beginning and he's the one that's gonna have all these meetings with people um what did you think kind of before it got toward the end of the episode. How did you think Michael was doing kind of stepping into that leadership role? I think from parts of what we saw at the beginning, he was doing a really good job. He was pretty clear on what he wanted with Julian Cassandra. But as soon as he started, you know, talking with Jacob and Dave, 
things kind of got messy. Um, he started saying multiple names and, you know, obviously I think Dave is a really, really smart player. And, you know, there's, you can tell someone's uncertainty. You can tell someone, you know, you can tell when someone's 50, 50. And I think Michael needed to do better on his confidence and, you know, what he was talking about. I, I could, I could see in the videos and the vlogs, there was, he wasn't a hundred percent confident with what he was saying. And that kind of showed. Yeah. He kind of made it seem like it was almost coming to his mind at that moment. Yes. Even though he did have a discussion kind of putting it in place. Lots of but pauses. At the same time, he also threw out a different name to each person outside of his alliance, basically. So that yeah, clearly you, caught you up to him that. pretty fast. Um, you can't do that at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, too, because typically, I mean, our first two seasons, the person who goes week one is the person who's like the least involved, who shows that they're not as excited about playing the game. And then this this season, we see the person who's playing the hardest right out of the gate kind of run their own game right into the ground. Yes. Um, but yeah, so basically he made a poor decision kind of forming a minority alliance and then leaving a majority outside of his alliance, <laughs> um, which exactly. is just bizarre. But um, so we kind of didn't see it too much in the episode, but we did see that Cassandra met up with Dave too. Meredith met up with Dave, but that wasn't shown. Um, we saw Leah and Meredith connecting as being the older ones on their tribe and Dave and Jacob connecting. Do you see the four people that are outside of that alliance? Um, do you see them connecting moving forward? Or do you think that they just kind of voted together for the sake of protecting themselves? I think, I think they look pretty solid from the looks of, you know, their collaboration there at, uh, towards the end of the episode. I know that there was kind of indecisiveness right away. One of them, I mean, I have it in my notes right here. I mean, Dave didn't enjoy lying right away. You could tell he didn't want to, you know, lie as fast, but they really didn't know who to vote for, Julia or Michael. And you could see that Jacob was really set on voting out Michael. And I think that, you know, if, if one person can step up and voice their opinion, like Jacob did, I think that could that could really solidify an alliance. And the four, of them, the four of them really didn't seem like they had a big problem with voting out Michael. Although Meredith was talking about keeping the tribe strong and the whole time I was thinking, Michael, Michael's probably one of your best athletes. He's probably going to bring a lot of good attributes to the table when it comes to challenges. So that was the only thing I was really thrown off about between the discussion between the four of them. I think they could definitely work together in the future. Yeah, so that kind of leads into my next question. You know, Michael is actually one of Liberty's, well, he was one of Liberty's track and field athletes. So he had wow. a lot of physical capabilities that really no one else in the game had. Right. And they sacrificed him for the sake of keeping themselves safe strategically. But was it the best move considering it really hit their tribe strength-wise for challenges? I, I don't I don't think it was the best move. If you're if you're preaching tribe strength and you're preaching, you know, winning challenges, because at the beginning you gotta win as many challenges as you can to keep the numbers. I mean, so I wouldn't I personally don't at least with that reasoning, I wouldn't have went for Michael. If you're gonna spin it in a way where, you know, Michael's telling people uh, telling everybody different names, then you can go ahead with that. But I don't really think voting out Michael for team strength was a good idea. The problem is 
their alternative. I, I think I think Julia was also kind of a kind of a, a minor star in this episode. At the beginning, she got a lot of you know a lot of screen time talking about the opinions of other people on the tribe, and I really didn't want to see Julia go either. So I. I, I wasn't really pleased with voting out Michael considering his strengths. Yeah, so it definitely kind of was the difference between making a strategic move and almost making an emotional move because yeah. they were all a little upset that he was throwing out their names. And even with like Leah's other confessionals, it doesn't seem like she's trying to connect with like Cassandra or Julia just because they're younger than her and they kind of rub her the wrong way. Um, yeah. How well do you think these players are going to be able to handle separating kind of the emotion of the game from this actual strategy of playing Survivor? That's a really hard thing to do, especially in the college version, because all you really, I mean, the the challenges and the tribals are separated by days on end. And it's mentally grueling and eventually it taps into your emotions. And if, you know, one thing can rub you the wrong way. But I think it's for, for these players, especially, I think it's really important that they all got to look and, and see what's best for them solely in the game, not mentally, not, you know, thinking emotions first, because somebody could be crazy and somebody could rub everyone the wrong way. But that could be someone you want to keep around. Right. So switching from Billy for a second, we saw Nori and Charlie got idle clues while they were in exile. Now, Nori, having never seen Survivor, didn't bother to look for the idol at all. He kind of just threw the clue away, which we had a little slide about that. But we literally didn't get footage because he didn't even like bother to really read it for the camera. But Charlie, on the opposite end, spent hours looking for an idol and not finding one. Um, what was your reaction to their two very different um, responses to receiving idol clues? I mean... Couldn't Nori have used it Google or was he allowed to? I mean, he could research what an immunity idol was, right? He could have very easily looked up any information about Survivor. Um, whether he wanted to actually try um, is up to anyone else's opinion. But yeah, he didn't bother to Google anything. I think in terms of the way that Nori approached it, that could go one of two ways. If he's straight up tells his tribe he got a clue and didn't do anything with it, that could give him a positive image because he was gone the entire week. But that's a that's a big risk. You have a clear advantage. And if you find an idol without meeting anybody on your tribe, that's a huge advantage. So with Charlie looking for hours, I would have done the same thing because unbeknownst to him, his name's already being brought up. So he's got to do everything he can to, to, to get this idol. And although two different approaches, I guess we'll have to see, you know, which side it benefits. Obviously, Charlie didn't find it. Neither of them found anything, clearly. But if he spent eight hours looking, he knows where not to look. Mm -hmm. So on the SOA side of things, so we did see, like, night one, they discussed a six-person alliance. Later in the week, Kayla and Sarah are meeting up and discussing that Maybe they want to take out Jonathan pretty early because apparently now I completely forgot this was a thing. Jonathan and Sarah somehow found out that each other was playing Survivor before we started and they were Snapchatting each other. And from that, Sarah did not trust 
Jonathan at all, which again, that's just a college survivor thing. Like yep. random outside things, friends and stuff can come into the game and completely mess things up. Um, yeah. But they kind of set their sights on maybe taking out Jonathan first. Um, what do you think of kind of Snapchat and other things coming into play, but also their idea of taking out someone who potentially seems like a pretty strong potential player later in the game? Yeah, I mean, if this is the common theme of episode one, the the girls are kind of spearheading taking out these these big-time males that are playing the game. Um, but going back to what you said about Snapchat, I really, I mean, there's there's no way there's no way around really keeping everything a secret. And clearly there was some sort of pregame, you know, I won't even call it an alliance, but if anything, it impacted Sarah's view of Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And that really screws him up quite a bit from the start. And if Sarah's got no problem talking to, you know, people on her tribe about it, that could that could really seem to be bad news for Jonathan going forward if they keep losing or if they start losing, you know. So we did see back on Feely leading up to Tribal Council, Dave and Jacob could kind of go either with Leah and Meredith or yep. they had the option of going with the trio of Michael, Cassandra, and Julia. Do you think they made the best decision going with the two girls when they could have joined the other three and had a 5-3 split when Nori came back? You know, I I personally think that they did the right thing for themselves because towards the end of the episode, you, you really can't get a, a clue of who – Michael is really telling the truth to besides Cassandra and Julia because he's telling everyone different names. I think in terms of people that you can rely on, I think Dave and Jacob read the room pretty well. Even though Leah's a floater, some like people called her a floater in the episode, she's not, you know, doing as much as everyone else. Those are some of the most trustworthy pe- people at the beginning if you can just get them to write a name down. And like I said about Meredith earlier, I think I think Right away, you know, you could see she's she's really in this. She's a really strong, um, strong-minded, a strong-minded player. And I think, I think Dave and Jacob set themselves up pretty well for the first episode. I think that this could be a really strong alliance. So on the opposite side of things, we saw Cassandra and Julia getting kind of left out to dry because they were on the wrong side of the vote. How yep. well do you think they're going to be able to fix things moving forward, given that they were pretty much seen as being aligned with Michael, who's throwing everyone's names out week one. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough for them, no no doubt about it. But the, the good thing is, it seems like everybody on the tribe likes one another, whether they had to vote somebody out or not. And I think the fact that Cassandra, you could see at the end, was kind of able to build a, I don't know if you could call it a relationship, but she had a lot of dialogue with Dave there at the end. And I really think that that could pay off for her to at least buy her another week or two if they lose. Now, whether or not they can fix it, I think it's going to be tough for Cassandra and Julia to take the focus off them, even with somebody coming back from exile. I think it's going to be really hard to to break up the alliance of four that voted together. So considering the fact that they were left out on the vote, who do you think this tribe votes out if they end up going to tribal again next week? I would probably lean towards Julia. I think if they were to lose, I'd lean towards Julia because 
Cassandra's kind of dipped her toes into other people on the other side. I think Michael and Julia had a little bit more in common where they were really rock solid in, in voting for in voting for Leah. So I think if somebody's left behind that, you know, kind of has remnants of, of Michael's game, it's Julia. And I think if they recognize that, then she'd definitely be gone next, in my opinion. So reflecting on week one, who do you think has the strongest potential? If you had to pick a winner right now from both tribes, who would you say has the greatest potential to win this game? You want me to give one on each? Sure. Go for it. Um, I think now I, I, I think I'm a I'll I'll just say I'm a pretty big I'm a pretty big Meredith fan. So just from the just from the first episode, I really like how she plays the game. So if I had to pick somebody on that tribe, I'd I'd honestly probably go with Meredith or Leah to I think who has the best chance of winning the game, regardless of, you know, Leah's position as a floater. You know, those people can sneak all the way in to the end. And I think in terms of um the other tribe, I would probably say Sarah. She from the looks of the episode, she had her mind she had her mind playing the game right away, regardless of the victory. And those are usually the people that you want to tag along with the most. So I'd probably go Sarah or Meredith. They those are probably the two that stood out to me the most. I think those are fair picks week one. I mean, we definitely saw in the Soa tribe, we didn't have a ton of strategy going on because a lot of people yeah. were kind of just comfortable to just chill week one. Um, but yeah, that's great. Um, I know you had some thoughts aside from what we discussed so far. Is there anything that we didn't mention that you'd like to discuss? Yeah, I mean, I have a, I wrote, I wrote a ton of stuff on here. And I think that I, I, there was a, there was a quote that someone said in the episode there when they um, had a, a dinner with the six of them and they said it was a six V two based on absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because it's true in every, in every survivor season you watch, if no one's, <laughs> if no one's there, then they'll pin it on them. And I think, I think that was, I think that was very unique to this episode because you didn't see a lot of strategy from that side, but the fact that they we're like, all right, six v two based on nothing shows that, you know, they're all really friendly and they all, <laughs> they all just would rather not vote out anybody if possible. Um, I, I mean, I thought the funniest part of the episode was Dave in the trying to convince. Yes, either that or yeah. <laughs> or convincing the rest of the audience that um, he's lied in the game more than he has in his entire life, <laughs> which, which it can't possibly be true. Cause look, every, I'm a, I'm a big liar. Everybody, every, and especially in the game, everyone, everyone, mm-hmm. you have to lie in the game, but come on, that, that made me laugh pretty hard, but I, I really loved it. I think this is a really likable cast and I'm pretty excited to keep watching. Great. So tomorrow night, Seven o'clock, Survivor All Use YouTube channel. You can watch episode two. Um, Jack, if they want to see you play Survivor, where can they see you play? Well, you can go to the Survivor Syracuse YouTube channel and you can watch either Survivor Season Two, Snakes and Secrets, or, you know, I'm kind of giving away. You can watch Season Four, Heroes versus Villains. They uh, asked me to come back and play again. So you got two opportunities to watch me either love me or hate me. So 
that's that's where you can find me survivor syracuse youtube cool well jack thank you for joining me tonight Thanks for having um me. and thank you to anyone who's tuning in and i hope you take the time to watch season three of survival you friend or foe um saturday nights at 7 p.m have a good night